Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. No! Biz Nasty says the Leafs will win the cup. How about that? Can I just say that he's a Leaf fan? He came on the show and admitted he's a closet Leaf fan. So I think when you are making projections for the team that you are a fan of, you're a little clouded. Just because the lack of recent playoff success, everybody's kind of nervous to make a prediction and put put that weight behind the Leafs. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is, and we move into hour two of the program, everybody. Canada's daytime sports talk show coming to you out of the bunker in Western Canada. RP here, dupes there. If you've just joined us, where you been? We're going to jump into the quick six show topics here in a minute. We had in hour one Eric Engels with us from Sportsnet Montreal. Little Canadiens update. And coming up this hour, the head coach of the Saskatoon Blades, Mitch Love, and Jeff Kerbison, a Winnipeg Jets WHA writer. We're very much looking forward to that. Guy Rob Benham writes in. He says, that has to be the same Jeff Kerbison I played hockey with in River Heights as an eight and nine-year-old. One of our coaches was curling great Ray Turnbull. Whoa. Is that not just a Canadian thing right there? Yeah. Remind me to ask Jeff, if you played minor hockey in River Heights, because I think we found one of your teammates has tracked you down. That's cool. Such a, I feel like that's a Canadian thing, a prairie thing right there. And the Ray Turnbull reference all in there, too. (laughs) What a legend. Grew up listening to Ray. What a legend. That reminds me, the Scotties begins tomorrow night. And our, is that our Scotties and Briar coverage brought to you by Verge Ag in Alberta? Yeah, Verge Agriculture will be our, uh, our you know, curling report sponsor for the next uh, six weeks. All right, I love it. Yeah, it's Thanks great. for coming on board, Verge Ag. So, an hour ago, we went deep in the quick six show topics. And I'm fiddling in my mind with what we're going to do because we're like halfway through the show here. So, we will reset those quick six show topics. But so much has gone on. I feel like we're like halfway through the game. But we can't call this halftime because people would get up and go to the bathroom or go up and get a hot dog. Guys, what are we going to call this? And we can't call it the video replay or upon further review segment because that's boring and takes too long in sports terms. What would this be, this segment right here? Because we still got overtime at the end. Second half kickoff. Is that it? You're good, you. (laughs) You. You You think I did this for a living? You're good, you. (laughs) Making me blush. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, let's hit the quick six show topics, please. Uh, Director Jordan. And uh, that reminds me to dig my phone out here for Wednesday's NHL leftovers. And we do have breaking news, by the way, from the National uh, Football League, which we will get to in a moment. But here's what I saw in the National Hockey League last night. And keep in mind that I was broadcasting an hour and a half long show on a completely other topic. So I missed... Most of the hockey I would have normally watched. But one, the Oilers weren't to be denied last night. I did predict the Jets would go into Edmonton and beat the Oil. Didn't happen. It was 2 nothing before it seemed they'd even been through all the forward lines. And Connor McDavid got his 500th point. I don't know who to blame for the Jets' bad starts, which is actually my second leftover. But that is their Achilles heel. There's not a lot of problems with the Winnipeg Jets, but that's one. But I missed the start of the game. And I said to Darren, when you miss the start of the game, you just feel like you missed the start of a movie. You, you're screwed. Just as a fan, let alone what the Jets did. It looked like they sleptwalked through the start of that game. And that's happened far too many times. 
but good for the Oilers. And when they get everything together on one page, they are as good a team, really, I feel, as any in the National Hockey League. It just doesn't happen as consistently as they or I would like. My third leftover. How do you still botch calls when there's video replay? Nobody's had an answer for that. Other than the loopholes in the rule book, like I saw Elliot Friedman saying on the intermission panel that, oh, they only replay on double minors and majors. So it's okay to have blown calls on minors in a 56-game regular season? And what's going to happen come playoffs? Am I out to lunch? No. I mean, that's just part of the rules. And you just, that's the debate that they're having all the time, right? We want to get everything right, but do we... You know, want to give the, the officials any leeway to make certain calls, you know, and decide when to call things and when not to, when it's warranted. And do we want to have, how many replays do we want to have during a hockey game, right? You just said they slow the game down and take too long. Yep. So that's the debate. Uh, Dave Natty, okay, Roddy, just checking in from Nelson, B.C. Oh, that is a beautiful part of the world. Home of Dryden Hunt, former Pats and Warriors captain, now the Arizona Coyotes organization. Hey, Dave, thanks for... Uh, Checking in. Moving on with my NHL leftovers from last night. I've said Leafs fans are insufferable now, and they haven't won a Stanley Cup in 53 years. What's going to happen if they do? But the funny, ironic thing here is that they will get a parade if they win the Stanley Cup, and nobody will be allowed to go to it. It's so Maple Leaf right there. I know, right? This would be the year. Yes, go win it now. I know. And that's what I was thinking. It was either going to happen in the bubble or it's going <laughs> to happen this year, you know, and away you go. But we'll still take it. But, yeah, that's, that's so Leafs for sure. This was a good one. Rob Hunt says, call this segment the microwave as it's a quick warm-up recap. Ooh. But we are kind of dragging on here a little bit. Craig from the Hockey Hall of Fame says, watching slash listening from the Hockey Hall of Fame archives, who has a neat old game program to donate to the Hockey Hall of Fame? Here's my thing about that. If you have one, do you really necessarily want to give it up? Because I paid a pretty penny for two jerseys that are hanging in the rafters right there. A Regina Pats outdoor classic game and a Moose Jaw Warriors jersey that might become a collector's item one day. And he mentioned donating them to the Hall of Fame. I could, I'm like, I could do that, but I kind of like looking at them here every day. I know. But that's just me. Who's got an old program, and what might it be? And unfortunately, programs are becoming collector's items, and that's just wrong. Teams are moving away and away and away from them, and I don't want to go down that road again. But anyways, there's your call, folks, from the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. If you got an old program, obviously needs to be in good condition. And my last point is two good teams will miss the North playoffs. And Riley's watching in Calgary, Riley Pollock, and he said, well, there's only three good teams in Canada, period. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it. Which three? Yeah, well, that would, wouldn't that be a trip, right? But... The Oilers lost a play-in round to the Blackhawks last year. Like, are they good? Calgary and Vancouver made it to the round of 16, if you will, the quarterfinals. They're good. I'm not – how could you say they're not good teams? But they're severe underachieving teams. Nobody's going to argue with that. But the only not good team in Canada is the Ottawa Senators, and even they would agree with that. But I think it's six good teams. I do. I don't think it's a smoke screen that they're playing each other every night. The intensity is up here. How could you say that there's only three good teams? But that's just my take. Yeah. Uh, moving on. This will be fast. Point two, the NHL.com's power rankings are out where they rank the top 16 teams in the NHL. I only wrote, write down the top five. And here's this week's because they change mightily from week to week at NHL.com. Boston, Tampa Bay, Vegas, Toronto, Colorado. That's fun because all of our favorite teams are in the top five. It could be a Stanley Cup final. There'll be blood in the streets if Vegas plays Toronto in the Stanley Cup final around here. Big you time. know that, right? Oh, yeah. 2.3, the RP show, bottom five, because nobody wants to talk about the teams at the bottom, but we will, covering the painful topics here. The worst team in the NHL is Ottawa. The second worst team is the New York Rangers. Can you believe it? Who saw that coming? The third worst team 
the Detroit Red Wings. I think we all saw that coming. The fourth worst team is the Nashville Predators, the favorite team of intern Max around here. And I'm going to point that out regularly. And the fifth worst team is the LA Kings, which is a disappointment. I don't I think they got to rip the band-aid off. I'm seeing old guys and young guys and the LA Kings look like a mismatch Decide to me. Decide what you are. Yeah, what are what are you? Yeah. Jonathan Quick, Drew Doughty. Dustin Brown still playing. I know. And then Jared Anderson Dolan, Austin Wagner, they got good young guys, but there's nothing in the middle and that is not a recipe for a winner. Point four, Blue Jays announcing this morning uh, that they're going to open their season in Dunedin. That wasn't news to anybody. The news to me is that the president, Mark Shapiro, apparently saying that they're going to come back. to. Tr- they plan to come back at some point. Well, you know what? I plan myself to go to Florida at some point. Don't have my tickets booked. They're just words. You just, they're just words. Point five, whoever's talking about J.J. Watt to the CFL, stop it. Turn your phone off. Go for a walk. Have a nap. Stop. You're wasting our time talking about J.J. Watt to the CFL. Uh, point six, the Raptors were at the Bucks tonight. Last I looked, Kyle Lowry is a game-time decision. He's listed as day-to-day by the Toronto Raptors. Incidentally, yesterday's rock star of the day for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions was TSN's Craig Button. And I really got a sense that he he really enjoyed the interview where we talked about the AHL returning underage players and some of these young stars in the US divisions. You, you don't you don't normally see him talking about that on Sports Center, right? That's right. You don't usually and it's it's fun. It's fun to see those guys and you know they enjoy talking about it, right? Because it's hockey and it's it's sports and they love it. This is hilarious. Our direct our director of scouting, Craig Smith, is watching. Two time Great Cup champion. Says I'm watching from Glenn Cairn, three point eight kilometers away from the bunker, warming up minus fifteen degrees Celsius. Woohoo! Tarps off. He says going to be above zero on Monday. Go Jets. Can you believe we are celebrating that it's minus fifteen degrees Celsius? I'm with you, Smitty. I walked out this morning. I'm like, whoo. Undid my coat. I know. I'm a, I'm this also, is unbelievable. I'm also a little nervous because everyone's going to have the map on the wall, pin in Glencairn with the string, 3.8 kilometers. They're going to find out where the bunker is in no time. Moving in and out with our viewers here. Nick Ciccone is watching on YouTube. He says, New York Islanders, watch out. No kidding. It's getting fun, man. I said last hour, Valentine's Day was the mark where the wheat got separated from the chaff in the National Hockey League. Valentine's Day. Remember that. Last week, the Islanders were in our bottom five. This week, they're second place in the Mass Mutual East Division. I know. Lightning quick changes. (laughs) It doesn't take long. That's exciting. Very exciting. The NHL is exciting. Zach in Calgary, Zach Nelson, regarding the Calgary Flames. He says, since the five-day break for the Flames back in January, the Flames have fallen to the moon. I should say it's been embarrassing. I haven't watched enough Flames, and that's why I turned it on yesterday to... I had all these games at my fingertips. I'm like, I'm going to settle in and sit here and watch the Flames for a while because their fans deserve some commentary here from the host of this show. If they're going to watch it every day, I was not impressed. Wasn't impressed. Jacob Markstrom got lifted. And really, it's not on Markstrom. They're... It's here. It's in their head. It's the turnovers at both blue lines, their own and the opposition blue line. It's like, what, what are you doing? I, sometimes I wonder, and I also, you see the people complaining about the intensity. There isn't any intensity in these games. What's it going to take for these guys to play balls to the wall for 60 minutes every night? Is that, that too much to ask? I know, but it has to be their choice. You have to want to. You can't do it. Be, like, this whole, it's your job. You get paid lots of money to play hockey. That doesn't make you play harder. Clearly. You know, you getting paid more money doesn't make you work harder. It doesn't. Money's not a motivator. We've proven that, right? You have to find out, you have to, you have to buy in from all those players. And they need to understand that they're not at the same level as the other teams in the, in the North Division. So you have to put in the work and they have to they have to want to play harder because they've got the talent. Well, and speaking of Alberta teams, 
I did see Craig Button saying on Sports Center this morning, thank God there was no tennis to interrupt my Sports Center watching. And he said that the torch has been passed from Sidney Crosby to Connor McDavid, i.e., they both registered 500 points in the exact amount of games. Obviously, I love Craig Button. I've known him since I was 15 years old. However, has the pass been, uh, the torch been officially passed? Because Todd Pinckney, regular viewer of ours, talked about Connor McDavid saying, if he doesn't win a Stanley Cup, will he ever be considered amongst the all-time greats in NHL history? I'm like, he's got so far to go to be considered anywhere near, I'm sorry, the Steve Eisermans, the Marcel Dion's, obviously the Wayne Gretzky's. He's not even in sniffing distance of those guys. Forget about a cup. And by the way, every time Sidney Crosby it's brought up by an analyst that he's passed the torch, he gets ticked off and goes out and scores four points and just wills the Pittsburgh Penguins to a win, which I think we've talked about before. Yeah, still doing it. <laughs> he's still, still doing, doing it. it. Like, that's incredible. And then you look at where he's at in the Cups he's won. And Sid dealt with some injuries, too. Yep. Oh, concussion. Seriously. Later on in his career. So, it's a good start for Connor. It's a good start. But we're in the opening. It's just a start. But we're in the opening quarter here. And furthermore, at some point, you got to stop firing coaches in Edmonton. Like, it is Mm -hmm. spine-tingling to watch how this is going to turn out. But in Pittsburgh... I mean, Sid was good before Jenny Melkin ever showed up. And they had a better cast, there's no doubt. But Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, that's your Crosby and Melkin. Mm-hmm. They don't have a Marc-Andre Fleury in goal. They don't. They got Mike Smith, who I love, but it's sort of like when Mike Smith decides to play, then they have a chance. This isn't the Phoenix Mike Smith. Nope. It's not. <laughs> You know, this isn't the Team Canada. They thought they were getting the Arizona Mike Smith. This isn't the Team Canada Mike Smith. It's not. You know, it's he's older. He's on the back nine. Well, probably on 16, mm-hmm. right? He's, it's just... It's showing. Yeah, you hope he can put together a few, but you wow. can't expect him to play, you know, the majority of your I games. I still think they should have signed Braden Holpe. It would have been a wonderful story. He's basically a local kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, who backstopped the Canucks to the win last night? Oh, Braden Holpe. Anyways, we'll take a timeout, and Mitch Love will join us from the Saskatoon Blades after this. And I'll mention it again in case you missed it. Breaking news. This is what makes daytime sports talk so great. Just came down this morning. The Philadelphia Eagles have agreed to trade quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-rounder depending on how much Wentz plays with the Colts. This is a former number 2 overall pick in the National Football League, dealt out of Philly to Indianapolis for a couple of draft picks. Can you believe it? We'll be right back. You're watching Canada's daytime sports talk show on the Game Plus television network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live daily on YouTube and Facebook. And listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because (laughs) I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. (sighs) Don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming and... Your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) No, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So... I used to get those nicky things. You must have too. You <laughs> nick yourself yes. and you're bleeding. Doesn't happen. 
because the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, Manscaped <laughs> calls them. So, what more do you want to know when you when you use the Lawnmower 3.0? You use the anti-shaving cream. You leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with the promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody, as uh, we have deemed this a hockey day and they're enjoying it for sure if you got questions for saskatoon blades head coach mitch love fire them at me through facebook twitter youtube where you're watching live or the prairie mobile text line let's do it now let's go to the coach's office mitch love joins us we uh, last caught up with him in the bubble ahead of the world juniors and he joins us back at his office with the blades coach how excited are you to get this whl uh, season underway Oh, real excited, guys. Uh, first off, love the swag you guys are rocking today. It looks real good. Real good. Supporting the Blades. It's good to Absolutely. see you down in Regina. Well, I wore it for you, Mitch, but it's not the first time that I've worn it. He and I made a roadie to Saskatoon and went to your store in the uh, Midtown Plaza, and I picked this up. Yeah. I had a friend that had one. I'm like, i got to have one of those. i got to have one of those. And I'm excited to see your team when you do get down here, Mitch. Um, did you ever have any doubt that there was going to be a season, by the way? I don't think I had any doubt. I, I, I knew, you know, between the, the health authorities of our province and um, the Western Hockey League and obviously the governors and the owners of our league that uh, there was a commitment to play hockey and, and, and provide a development plan for these kids, even though it's you know, only a couple months this year. Um, and I, I think everybody's excited about getting back on the ice, being around each other again and, and try to uh, resemble a little bit of normalcy uh, as best we can in a, in a shortened season. You know... For right now, I just want to talk hockey, and then I'll ask some other questions about the bubble. But like, just with your team, um, guys that are coming back. For instance, Chase Waters. Darren was just saying, first three-year captain in Blades history. Blades been around a long time, man. That's quite a uh, that's quite a feather in his cap. Yeah, you know, Chase has been a great soldier here for us. Um, you know, is entering his fifth year as a Saskatoon Blade, and again, any chance you you get to play a, your whole career and with one franchise, you know, tells you what kind of quality person you are and, and hockey player, and, and that's what Chase is. I mean, he he drinks the Kool Aid of our culture here, and and um, you know, does a phenomenal job with all our young players. Um, you know, confiding in our leadership group and and really bringing a high level of compete and and professionalism to our. Uh, our locker room every day. Nolan Meyer and goal, Tristan Robbins. Who are some of the guys that you are expecting big things from both uh, maybe statistically, leadership-wise? Who are some of your key guys here coming back? Well, definitely your returners. You know, I, I think, um, you know, you mentioned Tristan Robbins, uh, who's been playing the last month in the American Hockey League, like a lot of these kids, while they wait for the start of our season. Uh, you know, Kyle Krenkovic coming back into his third year. Um, you know, you mentioned Chase Waters. We, we, we've got some some veteran players that I think are hungry for some added ice time, um, you know, that maybe they haven't gotten in different spots throughout the league. Um, so here's a fresh opportunity for them. And in our back end, we've got Aiden Delagangier, who's, you know, uh, going into his third year and has, has come a long ways in his development. Uh, he'll be a big piece. Rhett Reinhardt, 19-year-old uh, right shot defenseman. Um, you know, we, we've picked up a few veteran players, uh, Blake Stevenson, uh, Wyatt McLeod here over the last couple of weeks to, you know, try to give us a little bit of that veteran presence and, and again, really help our leadership and our culture uh, with a lot of young players. Uh, we're going to be entering this thing with 26 players, uh, and a lot of those are young, young kids. And, uh, you know, when you're not at home, there's going to be some unique uh, surroundings for all of them, and, and uh, I think our veteran players will do a good job of helping those kids, uh, you know, go the right way. Saskatoon Blades coach Mitch Love is with us. He was an assistant coach for Team Canada at the World Juniors, and I'm going to ask Mitch about that too. But um, how has it changed for you, Mitch, with the fact that this is basically a 24-game exhibition schedule in a way? They don't know if there's going to be playoffs. They, Who knows about the Memorial Cup? How's it changed for you? Because Dave Struish, the coach of the Pats, who's no stranger to that office you're sitting in right now, he sat in that chair and said, 
you know, we're about 50-50 development versus winning in the Western Hockey League. And right now you kind of wonder how much winning matters in what you're doing. How are you approaching it? Well, I always find it's hard to sell to your players uh, development if you lose hockey games. And and I think, you know, for us here, you know, we want to – we want to be competitive. We understand there's going to be some some growing pains with a lot of young players that will come through. And again, this is we're in unique times here, and 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 going in and you know essentially on a two month road trip in Regina uh, presents some challenges, no doubt. Um, obviously, COVID. Uh, there's lots of those things that that are a factor. But at the end of the day, anytime you're trying to sell your program, you want to try to win some hockey games, and and you can you know find that development model throughout those wins. We. You know, over the last couple of years here, we've we've worked really hard as a team and an organization to, you know, get in the playoffs back to back years. And and I, I understand there might not be playoffs this year, which is fine. But we want to win hockey games. We want to go out there and be competitive and and uh, you know give our players uh, you know the, those cheers uh, after a hockey game after a big win. I've got you ranked third. I had PA one, Winnipeg two, Saskatoon three. That's pretty high, but I'm sure uh, you guys could knock the Raiders off. It's going to be fun to start watching these games once they roll. But given your time in the bubble with the World Junior Team, Team Canada, both Red Deer and Edmonton, um, obviously you've got some things to impart to your guys when you come down to the U of R dorms. Have you been consulted at all on that, or will you just keep that within your own team, how you deal with things? Well, the, the, uh, to be honest with you, Rod, a lot of the details for the sink are pretty loose right now still, you know, like this is all pretty fresh for everybody. And in terms of, uh, you know, what things look like, we've got a bit of an idea of what, you know, the dorm setup is and what our, our daily life will be, uh, you know, in the hub city down there. Um, you know, I, I think over the last couple of weeks here, we've really tried to dive into what resources do we need as an organization for our players to, to be comfortable and successful and, and have confidence during a, it'll be a challenging time for them. Um, you know, I, have spent plenty of time myself in isolation here, um, most of the last six months and, um, it, it presents challenges and we, we've got the right resources around our organization that'll help these players, uh, get through that and keep them busy. And, and again, I think they'll just be really excited just to be around each other again. Chris Bird, a viewer in Toronto says, we can only hope that we will get to see some of these WHL bubble games on TV. Chris, you're going to be able to see all of them, whl.ca and chl.ca have the details on that. So stay tuned. We will all be watching. There's no doubt. Regarding, well, for one, we had a mental strength coach, by the way, on here last week from the NHL, J.B. Sabizo. Mitch, I'm not sure if you heard about him. And he said for a player going into the bubble, he was talking NHL. He says no different mm-hmm. than a soldier going to Afghanistan for, you know, just the way you, trauma almost to your brain. You lived it. You saw that with the World Juniors. That's why I think you'll be a step ahead with your own guys. But speaking of Team Canada, uh, the gold medal game. I haven't talked to you since then. The loss to the USA. What what happened in your eyes there? Well, you know what? I, I again, we didn't mind our start. You know, it was it was quiet. Of course, you know, throughout the tournament, we scored really early in, in each of our games. So. You know, we knew it was going to be a tight hockey game. I mean, the United States had a heck of a hockey club, and, you know, uh, I thought, you know, we outshot them, um, you know, maybe didn't have uh, some real grade-A chances early on. Um, and, then, and then they scored their first goal, and I, and I thought, really, to be honest with you, our team really tightened up. You know, we, we hadn't faced much adversity in, in the event itself. Um, and, and you, could, you could feel it on the bench. You could feel it in the first intermission. There was a little bit of tightness within our group. But again, we were only down one nothing, and we we scored a boatload of goals throughout the event, and 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 had the players and the personnel to do that. So, we there wasn't much panic there. But that first goal or that first shift of the second period, they get that lucky bounce. Um, and and again, guys, like long story short, in a in a single game elimination game like that, uh, sometimes those bounces is all you need to win. I mean, we were on the other side of it last year in Ostrava. Uh, where we were, became real fortunate to come back and win that hockey game um, under a, a bunch of different circumstances late in that third period. Um, and, and we came out with a win. And then this year, you know, we hit a couple goalposts. We outshot him 15-1 to 1 in the third period. Um, there was pucks that hit Spencer Knight that he had no idea hit, even hit him. Um, it was just their night, and it wasn't ours. And uh, it's something that, uh, unfortunately, we have to live with for a long, long time here uh, as Canadians. 
Yeah. Well, it, it does happen that way for sure. I had Paul Bissonnette on the next day, uh, you know, Biz Nasty from Spitting Chicklets. He's watching the game in Arizona. And I said, when did you think it was we were in trouble? And he said, when the U.S. scored to go up 2 nothing early in the second period. Did you see, you used the term panic earlier. You hadn't trailed all tournament. You can't replicate yeah. that in practice. Like, was that, a, was that a thing that you felt on the bench that guys didn't really know how to play trailing because you hadn't yet? Yeah, a little bit. I think, you know, they scored that goal and it was a real fortunate bounce just the way, you know, basically our, our 2D and our goalie were going one way and the puck came back and it just happened to end up on, you know, the MVP of the tournament stick and Zgrass. So, you know, it couldn't have been one of their fourth line guys, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, a little bit of that. But then, you know, we shorthanded Bowen Byram hit the post, um, you know, 2-1 at that time. Who knows? We had a lot of pressure on him in the third period, like I mentioned earlier. Um but yeah, it, it was tough, you know, and, and, uh, again, just, you know, to go back to it, um, you know, sit, being on that ice and, and having somebody else sing the national anthem on, on, on home soil, that was tough pill to swallow, but you know, we'll, we'll learn from it as Canadians and, and team Canada next year will be better off for it. And, uh, you know, find that hunger again, win that gold medal. Well, I appreciate, uh, the explanation cause we hadn't talked to anybody since, uh, the event at all. So that was a prime in my mind I wanted to ask you about today. So I guess lastly, for the Blades, what is your schedule ahead? I mean, the Central Division starting in, I think, eight days, and uh, you're a little bit behind that. But what are your players doing right now? When when do they come to town? What's the schedule ahead here? Yeah, so our, our players are starting an isolation period at home right now, um, starting on Saturday, and that will go through till the 27th. Uh, at that time, we'll, we'll all meet in Regina, uh, you know, at a specific time uh, to enter the dorms there at U of R. Uh, at that time, the, the Western Hockey League and, and the health authorities will administer a, a COVID test. And, and then we'll be in isolation for, you know, two or three days till we get those results back. And uh, once we get a negative result there as a group, we'll stay in our, our quads and, and at the dorm and, and have another test three days later just to to make sure that everybody's clean uh, to start this thing off. And then from that point on, we're, we're speculating maybe March 7th, 8th, around there, um, that we'll hit the ice and have a very brief training camp, um, if you want to call it that, and, and get after it where we're playing about 24 games in 48 days. So it's, uh, it's going to be a sprint. And it's going to be awesome. But can you just speak to the excitement level of your guys? Obviously, you're talking to them daily. When they got the news, mm-hmm. what are they saying? They're excited. Um, you know, there's also that, that uncertainty of what this is all going to look like. I mean, we're trying to prep them as best we can for what the accommodations look like. Um, you know, what the dressing room setup's going to be, be in Regina. Uh, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. You know, we had a good Zoom call with our guys last night to try to answer some of those questions. They're young kids. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're curious. They're, they're smart. Um, I'm sure their families have questions that, you know, we're trying to answer. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it's just going to be great to be back around each other. We understand we got protocols to follow and rules to follow and all this and that. But at the end of the day, we got to go play hockey and we got to focus in on that and have that positive energy to play the game uh, and and not worry about those things that uh, you know may hinder us as a, as a group. Right, outside distractions. Well, coach, good talking to you again. Can't wait to see you down here. Hopefully, I get the chance to and uh, stay safe. And we'll chat soon. Yeah, you guys as well. Thanks for having me on today, Rod. You bet the head coach of the Saskatoon Blades, Mitch Love. How much time we got, guys? Oh, only a minute and a half. I was going to say, dupe, slide in here, but stay where you are. He got out of the hot. You want this fan on you, don't you? Yeah, it's so hot in here, but I got the fan. He doesn't. John Kirby in Edmonton's like three or four times asked to ask Mitch Love about the Swift Current Broncos moving from the Central Division to the East Division. John, nobody cares. They're just a seventh team. They're another opponent. That's it. And they will not stay in the Eastern Division. They will go back to the Central Division because the Swift Current Broncos are a Central Division team with the five Alberta teams. Trust me. Their number one rivals, the Madison Hat Tigers. Nobody cares. I'm going to fly through the sports update. The Philadelphia Eagles have agreed to trade quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round draft pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first. 
League sources told ESPN. The Eagles will receive the 85th overall pick in this year's draft, and the conditional second rounder can become a first based on Wentz's playing time. The Blue Jays will play their first two homestands of the year at their spring training complex in Dunedin, Florida. The team officially made the announcement this morning. The Jays say they hope to return to Rogers Center as soon as possible. It's the rubber match in the Maple Leafs-Ottawa Senators series tonight. The teams meet for a third time this week in Toronto. The Leafs won 2-1 last night. After losing the series opener 6-5 in OT on Monday, the Toronto Raptors look for a series sweep over the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. The teams square off for the second time in three days in Milwaukee. The Raptors won 124-113 on Tuesday night. Kyle Lowry listed as day-to-day and very likely a game-time decision. This sports update brought to you by Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit today, dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at g2gbars.ca. Going to Winnipeg next. Hang on, everybody. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. Welcome back, everybody. Just ahead of uh, Jeff Kirbyson, some viewers from YouTube have lobbed some questions on it. So Darren, uh, at us, file these, okay? He says, from Jeff on the zone, he says, what's up? Rod and Darren, what do you guys think the Vancouver Canucks are lacking this year? Happy we beat the Flames, and now we got to keep our win streak up. So think about that. And Ivan in Toronto says the Leafs won't win with Anderson as the goalie. Belfer, Cujo, even Paul Matier were real money goalies. He's saying that Freddie is not. So file that. We're going to talk Jets now in an interview set up by the Hockey Hall of Fame. Author Jeff Kerbison's written the book Broken Ribs and Popcorn, How the Winnipeg Jets Became the Best Team in the NHL's Most Offensive Era to Not Win the Stanley Cup. Broken Ribs and Popcorn. Let's bring him in now, Jeff Kerbison. How you doing, Jeff? Welcome to the show. Good. Uh, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, a guy wrote in earlier. We got to put this comment up. I'm going to start here. Can you put it up on the screen? Do you have the comment, Clark? One of your, from your former teammates, did you play on the River Heights minor hockey team when you were like eight, nine years old in Winnipeg? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a real Winnipeg connection. I don't think Clark was was aware that I was going to send this or bring it up so quick. Do you have it? There it is. There is your, (laughs) what's the name of the guy that sent that, Clark? Rob Benham. He's like, this has to be the same guy that I played hockey with on the 8-9 and nine River Heights Cardinals. What's the story there? That's 40-something years ago. And Rob, I know. I'm no, Robbie, he moved to Toronto uh, a year or two after that, so I haven't seen him since then. That is unbelievable. Well, we're bringing, bringing people together today, Jeff. And I'm sorry to throw you a curveball, but it's a little bit of what we do. So, yeah, we're, we're hooking you up with old friends here. So, anyways, we'll come back on that. But tell me about Broken Ribs and Popcorn. You have me intrigued. What's the crux of this book? Well, it's, uh, it's a sequel to a, a book I wrote on the Jets of the WHA uh, called The Hotline. And so there was lots of winning in that era. The Jets had uh, Bobby Hull and Ophelson and Anders Hedberg. And then they joined the NHL and the team got decimated uh, with the merger. They were only allowed to keep a couple skaters. And uh, Kent Nilsson, for example, and Terry Raskowski and Rich Preston, all gone. So they started off with, with nothing, but, or next to nothing, sorry, for the players who were there. <laughs> but then... For a couple of lean years, a couple of really lean years, they uh, they drafted Dave Babich, they drafted Dale Howarchuk, and then uh, slowly but surely they became uh, a real contender. And uh, I maintain in the book that uh, playing in the Smythe Division with the Oilers and the Flames, the Jets became the best team to not win because getting out of the Smythe was murder. And uh, 
with Howard Chuck and Paul McLean and Lori Boschman and Thomas Dean and Brian Mullen. Uh, they had one year in 84-85 when they had six 30-goal scorers, which has only been done a couple of times. And uh, so, so the heartbreaking thing for Winnipeg fans is that that team went into the playoffs in 84-85 on a 13-game unbeaten streak, which is hard to do. And that included two wins in Edmonton over the Oilers, and then they won the first two games in the first round of the playoffs against Calgary, and they were the hottest team in the league. And there were people talking about, is this the year? Are the Jets going to knock off Gretzky and the Oilers? And then in game three in Calgary, Dale Howarchuk comes back in on a, on a turnover, on a, and he's flying, catches Jamie McCowan flat-footed. Jamie McCowan has two options. He can skate, start skating backwards and get burned, or he can reach out with his stick, like what ha had happened a couple million times in that game so far. Howarchuk jumped around him, lifted his arm up, and McCowan broke a couple of, of his ribs. And then all of a sudden, all bets were off. Well, so that's the broken rib. Oh, I got it. I got it. Okay, well, so our our director of scouting, Craig Smith, writes in. He says, I got to get this book. Jets up 3-1 in two playoff series and lost. Killed me. Go Jets. He's a football guy, but from Winnipeg, and he knows his hockey. So, Jeff, have you done the interviews with all the guys in this? Is this? Am I getting it right? You're kind of going behind the scenes of what actually happened in those series? Oh, yeah. I talked to about 125 uh, players and coaches and managers and media people. Uh, a lot of Jets, obviously, but I've talked to uh, guys like Grant Fuhr and um, and uh, Andy Moog and uh, Kent Nilsson and um, Kevin Lowe on the on the Oilers and a bunch of Flames like Perry Berzan and uh, and Joel Otto. So I got the inside scoop from from both sides, and uh, and they all said without a doubt that they coming to Winnipeg was a tough thing to do. The Jets had a lot of, they had skilled players like Howard Chuck, but they had guys like Laurie Boschman who would, uh, Joel Otto hated Boschman. <laughs> and because there he's always sticking you. And, and the irony was that Boschman was a, a man of faith. He got run out of Toronto because he was a born-again Christian. But if he got a chance to stick you where it was going to hurt you, he'd stick you. And so guys, they didn't like coming to Winnipeg. And um, and the Jets were were a really tough team there. Uh, for for a number of years, and uh, and er everybody talked about their respect for Dale Howarchuk, uh, what a what a threat he was, and uh, how much they respected him on the ice. And um, I guess the one thing that uh, that everybody seemed to say that the Jets were really lacking, and a lot of teams were lacking at the time, was they didn't have a Grant Fuhr type goaltender. Well, no one did except except Edmonton. So uh, they didn't have that stopper, and Grant Fuhr would say that. His job was to stop the last shot in a in a six five game. And that's what he could do. And the Jets had some good goalies like Pokey Reddick and Daniel Berthiaume and Brian Hayward, but they just couldn't quite get that goaltending they needed in the in the third period uh, to to make a difference when the Oilers were going to be coming at you in waves. Yeah, well, we were going to have to run here quickly, but I'm a quasi Jets follower, like I'm a one province over. But Bob Essence came after that, correct? And uh... I mean, do you think he had made a difference? Was he good enough to get past the? You're right. Not too many goalies were beating those guys. Well, one of the big controversies in the 1990 playoffs was that the Jets went into it alternating goaltenders. Yeah. And uh, Essendon got knocked out of game four. Glenn Anderson uh, railroaded him and gave him a concussion and gave him a couple of shots when he was down. And um, Bob Murdoch kept rotating, and so when they when they uh, the Jets went up three one, Dave Ellett scored double overtime in Game Four, and when it came time for Game Seven, the, all the Jets are are assuming it's going to be Essence in the net because they hadn't won a whole lot with Beauregard uh, down the stretch in, in the regular season, and then the coach said, "Okay, Beauregard's in the net," and everyone looked at the coach like, "Are you crazy?" And I talked to guys like Craig Simpson in the Oilers dressing room, and he said, "As soon as we knew Beauregard was in the net, we knew we had it because." Every time a goal a goalie lets in a goal, he's having to look over at the bench to see if he's going to get pulled. <laughs> they knew that Ranford was the man. Ranford could let in no matter how many goals he was staying in. So the fact that Essenza was an elite was turning into an elite goaltender and didn't get to play in such a crucial game is something that still bothers Jets fans to this day. Well, I tell you, you got me fired up. 
And like I said, I'm not even the biggest Jets fan that people are writing in here like crazy with the memories. That's what they love about these. They haven't thought about these things for years, Jeff. And obviously, you're, you're, you're covering it deep in your book. And we, we do have to run. But where can people get your book? Uh, people can get it online at McNally Robinson's website. They're the main uh, bookseller in, uh, in Winnipeg, McNallyRobinson.com. And or they can find me on Twitter, and uh, I can help them out that way, too. What's your Twitter handle? It's just at Jeff Kerbison. Perfect. Okay. And uh, your guy, Rob Benham, says he is in Regina now, and he has coached uh, ball with our producer, Clark. What a small world, hey? So, sorry to, again to throw you a curveball, but that was fun, man. And uh, kudos on the book. I can't wait to read it. All right. Thanks for having me on. All right. Broken ribs and popcorn. How the Winnipeg Jets became the first team in the NHL's most offensive era to not win the Stanley Cup. Jeff Kerbison. Great chat out of Winnipeg. We'll be right back. Dupes will join me for overtime. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, Facebook and YouTube Live, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. something to say you want to add to the show what are you waiting for don't just sit there say something now back to the studio with rod uh yes and moose dupont is here lots to get to here in the overtime segment everybody loves it i had mentioned earlier that that first segment of hour two we're looking for a name for it we can't call it the warm-up you don't warm up twice and we can't call it halftime So some of our viewers have chimed in. Bob in Grand Prairie, Alberta says, call that period the timeout. Ray in Toronto in the six says, call your break. The RP reset. I don't know the term reset. uh, People don't like that these days. Right. We're still working on it. Second half kickoff. Then at the beginning, if if you got a point, I'm going to defer to the second half on that one. (laughs) That's great. It's good. Not the Rouge. <laughs> hey, it's the second half kickoff, everybody. Brought to you by Brady in Saskatoon writes in. And he says, hey, Rod, Carson Wentz is not an upgrade from Phillip Rivers, but he is a better option than Jacoby Brissett. Connor McDavid is especially halfway to 1,000 points, and he's only 24 years of age. And he says the Blasty jersey is beautiful. That's the Calgary Flames third jersey with the horse on the front. Blasty. I'm, uh, I'm on the fence. I don't like it. I don't dislike it. Viewer wrote in earlier, and I don't know where it went. It was, Rod, were you aware that Bob Ridley's calling his 4,000th career game on the weekend or whenever the next game is? Here it is. Glenn Brunette. Rod, did you know that Bob Ridley will be calling his 4,000th game for the Medicine Hat Tigers on Saturday? Well, of course. How could I miss it? As a dub guy, have you not seen it everywhere? Oh, yeah. He's only missed one game in his career. Bob Ridley. <laughs> Uncle Giggles, as I called him. Did you ever see that Flintstones episode, Uncle Giggles? Yes. That's Bob Ridley, and he loved it. Uncle Giggles. The dean of Western Hockey League broadcasters, Bob Ridley. Okay. And, and bus drivers. And bus Oh, can I tell you a story? Yes, please. When I was with the Raiders, I was the voice of the Prince Albert Raiders. I was 20. And the second I would cl- climb on the bus to go on a road trip, I would be asleep like that. Hey, I'd just done the morning shift, right? I got a game that night. I'm trying to catch a nap. Don Clark would be elbowing me, Wendell's brother, of course, saying, well, we going to sleep? The guy in Medicine Hat, he drives the bus and does the games. You're going to have a nap? And he would say it every time. So finally I had enough, and I said, you want me driving the bus? Never brought it up again. (laughs) We're facing off for the Mad Greek restaurant in the ultimate fan zone. Who's going to finish higher in these Western Hockey League East standings? We got seven teams coming here into the sweatpants capital. Beginning March 12th, they're playing a 24-game season. You just heard from Blaze coach Mitch Love that says we're playing to win. I'm sorry to tell Mitch Love that the Regina Pats are going to finish higher than them in the standings because of the holy child, Connor Bedard, who's going to have a point a game. And Roddy Ross, the 20-year-old goaltender and Philadelphia Flyers prospect, that's going to be enough. Not to mention Logan Nyhoff and Drew Englott, all those Pats forwards. Well, 
Drew's a defenseman, but they're all following me on Twitter, retweeting my stuff. It's it's go time, baby, for the Regina Pats, and they're actually going to finish ahead of the Saskatoon Blades. What's 24 divided by seven, right? Seven teams in there. Is that the deal? I'm not good Con- at that. Connor Bedard won't score a goal on Nolan Meyer. The whole season, he won't beat Nolan Meyer with a goal. <gasps> All year. You want to make a bet right yes, now? Yes, I do. And the Blades will finish higher. Oh, what an insult. <laughs> Lunch at the Mad Greek restaurant. Connor Bedard will beat Nolan Meyer. How many times are they playing each other? Three times-ish? The 24-game schedule, yeah. Six other teams, Three or four, four games each. It should be four. Okay, well, that was good. You that threw a curve good. at me there. Yeah. Okay, we have a bet on the go here. Lunch at the Mad Greek Restaurant in Moose Jaw that Connor Bedard will beat Nolan Meyer. I guess as we sit here today, nobody's won the draw because we don't know. We don't know. Well, the ultimate fan zone in Moose Jaw is where I pick up all of my sports gear. For the most part, I got this at the Blade Store, but they are your one-stop shop for the sports fans on your list. Memorabilia, collectibles, licensed team apparel, and more. Visit the Man Cave, downtown Moose Jaw, or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Ultimate Fan Zone uh, Moose Jaw. And the Mad Greek and Moose Jaw available for licensed dining, takeout, or delivery. Head to the madgreekeatery.com for more information. I had my family there just last week. We hit both spots. They have gear of every NHL team, by the way. Awesome. Not the least of which also NFL teams, Major League Baseball, you name it. But, uh, hey, it's a football Friday tomorrow. And, by the way, it's exciting. Solomon Elamimian, the recently retired CFL future Hall of Famer, the president of the CFLPA. Cameron Judge, the newest member of the Toronto Argonauts, is going to be with us. And Derek Moncrief of the Los Angeles Rams of the NFL is going to be here in studio. Darren, what do all three have in common? You tell me. They were the starting linebackers for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in their last game in the 2019 West Final. Wow. All on the show tomorrow. Thanks today to Eric Engels, Jeff Kerbis, and Mitch Love. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern on Game Plus. That's the secret sauce. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.